take charge of your leadership development. Join our How to Take the Lead Substack community for bonus materials, exclusive content, and discussions that will challenge and change the way you lead. Visit howtotakethelead.com to find out more. The phenomenon. Anyway. Oh, we are on the end of series high here, aren't we? And I haven't even got gin. You're listening to How to Take the Lead with Lee Griffith and Carrie-Anne Wade. Two corporate colleagues turned business besties who question everything we've ever learned about leadership. What started with us putting the world to rights over a gin after work is now a weekly show challenging the myths and perceptions and exploring what leadership looks like in the modern day. We'll also be sharing our experiences and stories along the way. Visit howtotakethelead.com to find our show notes, subscribe to our email list for extra goodies, as well as catch up on previous episodes. And we're now on social media media so get involved in the conversations by following us on twitter or instagram at how to take the lead hello and welcome to this our last episode in series two of how to take the lead i have got no idea how this has happened i can see the lovely lee in front of me on the screens taking a big gulp of comforting tea and possibly burnt her tongue which is not going to be a good start to our last episode if she can't speak so lee how are you doing as we as we mosey on into episode 10 yes immediately regretted my life choice of picking up my cup as you started to talk and then (laughs) but i think i'll be fine i think i'll be fine no if i start talking like this you'll know that something's happened (laughs) Um, fabulous. So here we are, last episode of the series. Um, I know we're not here to talk about how we feel about that, but how are you feeling about that, Lee? Well, how am I feeling? I haven't really processed it, to be honest with you. We've been on this like little merry journey of the last few weeks and I haven't quite come to terms with this is going to be. Well, I mean, it's never really quite the last episode because we always have a little bonus one up, up our sleeves, don't we? But um this is like the proper proper one but I think I think it's yeah I think we've had a good set of discussions this series so I'm pleased with that I like feel super professional with our social media channels and all of that and had some good discussions with people who've been listening so I'm, I think we're like ending the series and the year on a bit of a how to take the lead high I am with you on the how to take the lead high. I'm just going to come out there and say I feel really proud of us and I don't feel like a fraud now when I say we're podcasters because I feel like we are because people actually listen. They give us feedback. It's very exciting. But we are actually here to have a leadership conversation as we always do. And in our last episode, we are going to explore the, I'm going to call it a phenomenon. I nearly Mm. couldn't say the word, the phenomenon. No, no, uh, no, no, no. Phenomenon. no, 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 no. Anyway. Oh, we are on the end of series high here, aren't we? And I haven't even got gin. She hasn't. She's. I promise you it was hot tea because I saw her burn her tongue on it. But we are here uh, to talk about in this episode the phenomenon that is uh, quiet quitting and how we feel about that. And also the fact that that is appearing to be linked somewhat to is it Gen Z or is it Gen Z? You can tell I'm not in it because I don't know which way you say it. But anyway. Potato, potato, isn't it? Potato, potato. Um, let's go with Gen Z. I don't feel like I'm a Gen Z kind of uh, person. Uh, as I've said, we've heard quite a lot about quiet quitting. 
I would say more so more recently, but I do think it's something that has been around for a while in terms of a kind of thing. So the rise of quiet quitting and in particular with Gen Z, we've heard lots of different people talk about it in the leadership space. Simon Sinek, Stephen Bartlett. In fact, in the first episode of this series, I think it was you, Lee, that mentioned Stephen Bartlett sharing his views around uh, Gen Z and the fact that perhaps they might be perceived to be rather lazy and not particularly resilient and, and very much linked to that quiet quitting thing. We're reading lots of articles about it and everywhere from Forbes to Stylist magazine. So it is something that is is being discussed a lot. And I wanted us to explore this and to share our views on on what we think about quiet quitting. So I wanted to start with what we think we mean by this term quiet quitting. And I did a bit of the Google research, as we like to do for our episodes occasionally. And quiet quitting really is a term that's being used to describe being in a job, but not really being there, if that makes sense. Mm. So maybe not doing that extra effort, not going above and beyond, putting minimal effort in both sort of physically and mentally, with some people even saying that quiet quitters have checked out. So they're turning up, they're doing the do, but they've checked out that they're not really uh, that interested in what's going on in terms of their job and their organisation. So I just wanted to get your view on what we as leaders, or perhaps even what we in society are really trying to describe when we bandy around this term quiet quitting. So what does quiet quitting mean to you? What's your take on that, I would say, Lee? Well, how long have we got, Carrie-Anne? <laughs> About 30 <laughs> minutes, so if you could keep it concise. So quiet quitting, I think, sits in my little bucket of words I hate, along with imposter syndrome. It's another one of those buzzwords that I just don't like. I mean, I think if I look back over my career, I've definitely had times where I've gone, do you know what? I'm not going to kill myself for this job anymore. They don't care about me. You know, I'm a disposable commodity, all of that kind of stuff. So it's been around for a long while. They've just put a, a name on it at the minute. I, I think that, yeah, what is quite quitting or what, what are people talking about? I think, as you've described, it's that sense of, people physically showing up to work but they've emotionally mentally disengaged with work and I get that but I think as leaders and this might sound a bit harsh I think we expect too much there's too many leaders who see meeting your contractual standards as not giving enough not being committed enough and they create a culture of, well, they create a culture of guilt. Um, if people are putting themselves forward, aren't working long hours, aren't always on the email or contactable at any hour of the day, then their label does not being committed enough. They're overlooked for opportunities. They're discriminated against. And I just don't think that's on anymore. I think, you know, if we actually look at the situation we're in nowadays, People have got a lot of stuff going on outside of the workplace. Yes, we've had the pandemic and that's obviously changed how connected people feel to where they work and how much they want to give to an organisation. But for, for years, it's been the case of people having to juggle caring responsibilities, whether it's family, you know, children or, or other types of caring responsibilities. 
I think you've got the issue. Well, it's not an issue. I think you've got the the, the facts that um, people are developing maybe multiple portfolio careers so that their investment isn't just in one organisation. So I think as leaders, we're being really short-sighted and old-fashioned if we think that our staff need to give over and above what we're contractually paying them to give. I think that there's an apathy as well around change. And I know people who are tired of the same people getting the same top jobs the politics that are at play in the kind of leadership cadre in, in organisations that, you know, they're just not going to consider applying for maybe a more senior job or, or going the extra mile because of the stuff that's playing out. And I think as leaders, we've got a responsibility to fix it, not moan about it. Sorry. I love, oh, my God. I, it's <laughs> been a while since I've said this in an episode of How to Take the Lead, but that was a proper soapbox moment. <laughs> I love it. And I love it when it happens as well. I love when the passion comes out. I think from what you're saying, Lee, and for me, my my own uh, kind of take on it is that actually this is all about people setting and actively maintaining some boundaries in the workplace. Yeah. And it's something you'll hear me talk about a lot in terms of boundaries. It's something that I'm passionate about. I'm going to try not to get on my soapbox too much about because both of us on those soapboxes could make this for an extra long episode but but I do talk a lot about boundaries and and I see boundaries as a really positive thing setting boundaries in the workplace and elsewhere in life is a good thing and trying to actively seek to maintain those boundaries is a good thing yet this term quiet quitting seems to have really negative connotations so what's your take on that? Completely agree and I think we touched on this in in episode one about the fact that actually the discussion is more around the boundaries that people are setting. I'm completely with you on the importance of it. And it's something that I work with with my clients on part of their self-management and the impact that they make as leaders. I think setting boundaries and the standards that you're willing to accept is really important. I think when it comes specifically to quiet quitting, I think when you look at it from a boundary setting point of view it's whether it's healthy or not so for me the difference is how engaged the staff are so are they still getting involved with you and your organization but with boundaries or do they really not care and I think as leader you know as leaders or in leadership roles that's what we need to tap into and try and distinguish our, our staff are people who work for us just being more boundaried and setting and sticking to those boundaries or have they stopped caring? And I think yeah. there's a big difference. And I, I think that leads me on to something that I was going to touch on a bit later in the conversation, but I am going to bring it in now because I think you've, t- you've taken us there in, in what you've said, Lee, that, that there's a bit for me around as a leader how should we be responding if we are seeing members of our team people in our organization almost as you say consciously deciding to quiet quit to disengage and and really is that masking other issues within your team or organization that you need to address rather than this trying to address this are they quiet quitting or not there's a couple of things at play I think there's something around leaders needing to be to check in with their teams because I I think that 
a big part of this perception of quiet quitting is actually people maybe feeling burnout or an exhaustion so that they're not wanting to kind of give give more or this perception of giving more so I think there's something for me around how do leaders make sure they're checking in and responding to that element of it I think that there was some research that Gallup did that said only one in three managers were engaged in the workplace. So I do think that's something that needs to be tackled. We, we often see or talk about this, this concept of a soggy middle in, in the organisation, what is actually being done to improve it. And if we engage our managers more, are we using that as an opportunity to engage their teams? So I think that's something that, that needs to be looked at and can be done to support the broader concept of staff feeling like they want to quite quit. And I think the other thing that I'm seeing as a pattern is this fear, I suppose, that leaders have around wanting to or worried about giving feedback that might potentially disengage people further at work and add to this sense that people are checking out. So they're getting worried about appraisals and end of year reviews. So everyone's treading on eggshells a little bit because they think they've got the, you know, if they see they've got a disengaged workforce. So I think there's something for me about leaders getting better at having those difficult conversations. And we've spoken before in this series about accountability and demonstrating that you're taking action and holding people to account to deliver what they're doing. And I think potentially what we're seeing as a trend with with this quiet quitting is is people starting to retreat because they don't want to perpetuate the issue and I think probably what the conclusion that we're coming to around that part of the conversation is that actually quiet quitting is just the terminology I think we're using for um, colleagues employees whatever we want to to call that group of people who are disengaged from the organization and actually Mm. what the important thing for leaders to do is to understand why that that disengagement is happening and to really try to get to the bottom of that rather than being over focused on this sort of term quiet quitters and and potentially going Mm. oh well that's the thing that's happening right now so I don't need to worry about it I think that would probably be one of my anxieties as a leader myself is that we've got other leaders going oh well that is the phenomenon to quiet quit we just have to accept that that's what certain people are going to do and not deal with the underlying issues of why colleagues are disengaged from what you're trying to achieve in your team or organisation. Are you a new, established or aspiring CEO looking to maximise your impact in the workplace? At Sunday Skies, I help you get clear on your big vision, create a strategy that connects and the communication plan to deliver it. No matter where you are in your CEO journey through my unique blend of coaching and WU consulting, I will give you the strategy, support and space to succeed in post. Visit sundayskies.com to find out more and sign up for my email to receive intelligence and information that will challenge and change the way you lead. If you're enjoying this episode of How to Take the Lead, please hit subscribe and go and leave a review or rating. We'd also love to hear your stories and thoughts on today's topic. Please DM us at How to Take the Lead on Instagram or Twitter, or tag us into your socials using the hashtag How to Take the Lead. 
So we touched at the start of this conversation around the Gen Z, Gen Z uh, workforce. And I think recent conversations about quiet quitting have definitely been more associated with that generation of workforce. Um, But I guess I want to explore whether or not that's a fair portrayal. I think they're being portrayed as a generation of workers who don't want to put the effort in, who are lazy, um, who uh, don't, like you say, don't necessarily want to show up and, and put the hard graft in. But I think as we've started to talk about what we're really seeing are people perhaps being more articulate and overt about the boundaries that they're putting in place. I think my perception would be that some of that started happening even pre-pandemic. And I know you touched Mm. on the pandemic, giving people an opportunity to reframe their relationship with work and employment. Um, But I think I've been seeing employees with lots of years experience leaving roles and particularly in healthcare, which is the industry I work in as part of my day job people leaving that because of the experiences they've had because of that burnout that you've talked about because of looking for those portfolio career opportunities particularly I've seen linked with um, the fact that retirement age is creeping ever higher and I think Mm -hmm. people are people are thinking I've got to work for longer do do I want this to be the only thing that I do that was me yeah yeah Uh, Well, yes, I'd be interested to hear your your personal take on that for surely. And I think we also heard in the episode we did around women leaders about the McKinsey and Lean In data around women wanting to leave the workplace they're currently in because they want to find increased flexibility and job satisfaction. So I, I guess my question is, are we unfairly portraying quiet quitting as a Gen Z, Gen Z thing or or does it go beyond that? Undoubtedly, it does go beyond that. I think there is evidence, and again, this Gallup poll that that came out a few months ago showed that employee engagement for under 35s was falling. So there is obviously something about how engaged workforces of of a younger generation feel with the organisation they're working for, and that does link to that sense of how connected do they feel with purpose, which is really important to a younger generation and organisations aren't always great at joining the dots for people around how they can connect to the bigger purpose. Um, so I do think that there is undoubtedly different expectations of different generations. And we've talked about that for, for many different things, not just around this sense of quite quitting, but it goes beyond it for sure, because, you know, my personal experience I've had those moments where I've mentally checked out and it's because something else is more important to me at that time than going above and beyond in the workplace or you do it from a point of needing to protect yourself because of where you're working isn't helping you might be mentally impacting you in some way it might be toxic there are all sorts of triggers and you need to protect yourself from that so I think that was ever thus I don't think that's a new phenomena and I definitely had that point where there were certain things that I was just not wanting to get involved in because I didn't see the value I didn't think it was fulfilling the bigger picture stuff that we we were supposed to be doing I didn't like the attitudes or the politics associated with it. 
all of those things were true for me in my career. I hated the repetitiveness of some of it. It just wasn't floating my boat. So, you know, I definitely have checked out at, at points and that doesn't mean that I've not performed and that I've not delivered and any of that kind of stuff. But I've got to that point where I go, I'm not going to kill myself for this place. Because <laughs> they forget I... about you. You know, we've seen that. We've seen how forgettable we all are. And I hate, you know, this is a really horrid thing to say, maybe, but we've all, we all think we're indispensable and then we leave and we're forgotten really quickly. We're all replaceable, aren't we? And I think that's a, a good point that you make. And I know you've shared your personal experience um, with us a few times from different perspectives, but I think that point you made about, yes, you may have checked out and yes, you may have been taking decisions that that's not right for you and you want to move on and do something different but that doesn't mean that you stopped performing I think that's that's quite an interesting point that you've raised there um because I think that does link to that sense and that negative connotation that if people have checked out then they're not delivering and I think there are different levels aren't there of of being checked Mm. in or checked out in your organization and and the point you made um earlier on in the conversation about how how far somebody's checked out is, is probably the bit that you need to explore and potentially take action on as a yeah. leader in terms of trying to get the best for that person and, and the wider team. Yeah. And I, I think there were a few bits that kind of resonated with me when you were talking, Lee. There was a bit for me around, as we were talking earlier, you I could see you nodding your head around the, the point about we're all having to work for longer, so we want to do things that that bring us some level of joy and things that we want to get involved in and feel like gives us that sense of purpose and I've definitely had that experience where I run my own business and I work in a salaried role in an organization and they're off they've often felt like there's been some tensions around that in terms of how that's been perceived and the fact Mm. that I've chosen to run my own business has sometimes been perceived as me not being committed to the organization that I work for and, yeah. and actually, I would really challenge that because I decided to set up my own business at a point where I was on the cusp of checking out of the organization I worked in for various different reasons. And starting a business was an opportunity for me to explore where there were other options. The surprising thing that's happened for me is actually, along with some other bits, so it can't take the full credit for it, but actually having that time and space and making that space for me to run my own business has actually made me more productive in my day job Mm -hmm. um, because I feel like I'm getting a sense of purpose that I perhaps wasn't always getting in my day job through my business which is great but also I feel more committed to wanting to demonstrate to my organization that I can deliver my day job and run my business as well so for me it, it acted in a really positive way despite potentially being perceived a bit negatively in the first instance and I know from knowing you and your work setup but you work compressed hours but you work way above and beyond your hours still because there's a sense of feeling like you need to be showing that you're always showing up so yeah it's interesting people perceive it yeah and I think there's something though back to the point about boundaries about actually having to balance that desire to want to prove that you can do your day job and run a business with putting boundaries in place to enable you to do both but also to protect your well-being so Mm. so I definitely think boundaries are a big part of that 
feeling engaged, but also feeling in control. So for me, yeah. there's something about control as an aspect of this this quiet quitting terminology we're using yeah. that people want to to have more control over different parts of their life. I, I think through this conversation, we've reached a point where we're both in agreement that that boundary setting is important, um, uh, and it's a good thing to do in the workplace, and perhaps. Mm some of the misconception about quiet quitters is not quite right because maybe they're people who are setting and maintaining those boundaries. That's going to lead me on to a question for you, Lee, which is, as a leader, how do you demonstrate and create a culture that views boundary setting in a positive way? I think you've got to demonstrate that you're setting and sticking to your own boundaries because if you're not showing that you care as a leader... Why should your teams bother to show up and follow suit, really? You are setting the example. So I think for me, it's about as a leader, you need to get in touch with what your red lines are, how you want to work, what's acceptable, what's not acceptable, taking care of yourself. All of that stuff for me sits sits under the realms of resetting. How you articulate that and show that to people how you stick to that and respect your boundaries but also how do you demonstrate that you're respecting the boundaries that other people set because often we look at ourselves and we don't look at or respect other people and it, and it's a two-way street isn't it that's a really important point about how you respect other people's boundaries and accept that people are, are wanting to set and maintain those I think that is really really important piece of advice for leaders I'm conscious of how long we've been going in this episode and it feels like you're moving us there naturally in terms of advice and top takeaways Lee we've kind of tried to explore what we think quiet quitting is I think it would be safe to say we don't think it's a new thing it's just the latest term um, that we're putting on perhaps groups of, of people who are feeling disengaged in the workplace or who are being really proactive about setting their boundaries. And I think there feels like there's possibly two camps there of different sorts of people who might be perceived to be quiet quitting in the workplace. We've had quite a robust discussion around the boundary setting aspects of that. But I guess where I'd like to take us in terms of ending on some takeaways for people is, is what advice would you give to leaders listening who want to support their colleagues perhaps to have a healthier relationship and more positive experience with work given that it feels like some quiet quitters if that's what we want to call them are not experiencing that healthy positive relationship I think it goes back to how are you engaging them and how are you engaging them around the purpose of what it is that you do I think it's a simple and I say that loosely because I know it isn't simple, <laughs> but I do think it's as simple as that. I think that's where you need to be showing up and inspiring as a leader. I think if there is a disconnect between the promise and the experience, that's where you have a problem. And we've touched on that with culture. We've touched on it with, with accountability and several of these episodes where we've talked about it. So, yeah, engagement around a purpose. I absolutely think that's brilliant advice, Lee. And I guess I would just add that um, I don't think we should make assumptions about the types of people, the demographics of people in, in our organisations who might be perceived to be quiet quitting, because I don't think it's a Gen Z, Gen Z 
issue. I think there are more people who are disengaging for various different reasons. The point about trying to understand that is is a really important one as a leader for sure. And then back to that kind of demonstrating that you can set and respect boundaries both for yourself and, and for other people would definitely be my advice around creating a bit more of a healthy relationship for people in your workplace. I'm sure we could go on for longer with this conversation as we could have done with every conversation (laughs) we've had, but we do have to draw this series to a close. The last formal proper episode of this series, as Lee said at the start, we usually have a cheeky little something up our sleeves, don't we? Just in case people miss us. Yes, or even just that we can talk to each other really. (laughs) Yeah, for some reason now we seem to need to have all our conversations recorded, which is very strange. (laughs) We can talk to each other outside of the podcast, but I love the conversations that we have as part of the podcast. So, Is that why um, you've started sending me voice notes now? Because you just like to do everything via recording. (laughs) Today in particular has been a voice note kind of day. I've not had the time to to type it out. It's easier to do the voice notes. But I realise that I'm coming at that probably quite far behind everyone else who's been using voice notes forever. So you know me, finger on the pulse and all that. On that note, I will draw this episode to a close um, and just uh, say thank you to everyone who's listened to this one and any of the other episodes in this series. There will be more to come. This isn't the last that you've heard from us. There's more series afoot and we would definitely love to hear from you if you've got suggestions and ideas about topics you would like us to cover. So a huge thank you and until the next series all the bonus seasons greetings festive wishes and all of that as well thanks again for listening to today's episode don't forget to hit subscribe so you're the first to receive new episodes when they drop every thursday if you enjoyed the show please rate it or leave a review visit housetakethelead.com for all the info from today's show to catch up on previous episodes and to sign up to our mailing list and we'd love to know your thoughts and experiences on the topics we cover follow us at how to take the lead on instagram and twitter to get involved in the conversation so until next week get out there and take the lead Thank you.